0: Welcome to the Weekly Experience Podcast. Covering Surrey and Hampshire with your presenters, Neil Braybrook-Tidy and Jenny Thornton. The show that brings you all the facts about your local area and is always guaranteed to put a smile on your face. So sit back and enjoy the Weekly Experience Podcast that goes from 0 to 60 in 60 seconds.
1: You know how sometimes you know somebody, you think you do, and then you find there's a whole new dimension to them? Well, through networking and business, I know this lovely guy sitting uh, socially distanced from me, Andrew Siegel, and I've known him as an insolvency practitioner. And then we are in one of those breakout rooms and we're having a lovely conversation. And it turns out he's an author. Andrew, (laughs) when did you start writing?
2: About <clears throat> about 30 years ago, it was just started off as an idea for a short story. And my wife said, why don't you try writing it? And my daughter said, why don't you try writing it? So I wrote it. And they were both blown away by it. My goodness. So I joined a writer's group and started writing short stories. And they seemed to like them as well. So it progressed from there.
1: So in, back in those days, how many pages made up a short story?
2: It's not usually pages, it's numbers of words. Like, for example, uh, the morning short story on BBC Radio used to be 15 minutes, and that was 2,500 words. Um, last year I had three short stories published in The Lady magazine, but they insisted on 1,300 words, so I had to trim them right down. But equally, some short stories are much longer than that. For example, my short story, I'm a contract killer. Runs to twenty-two pages.
1: You scared me. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do you verbalise it? Are you the one that then does the the read, or do you get somebody else to come and read it for you on one of these radio programs?
2: On the radio program, as that goes back thirty years, uh, it wasn't taken up at the time. Uh, the three that I've got on the Lady magazine, uh, I've recorded, and they are on the Happy London Press website. So you can actually listen to those. I've recorded all three with all of the appropriate voices and all all the rest of it. But those are the only ones that I've so far recorded.
1: I noticed that as we were talking prior to podcasting, you were coming out in all sorts of voices, uh, which is amazing. You've clearly got so many different dimensions in your head. Do you do research?
2: For the short stories, I either do research or I take ideas from life. So the story, I'm a gigolo, upon which the book, I'm a gigolo, 10 short stories is based started off umpteen years ago when I was in Cannes on holiday with a school friend and I saw all these gigantic American cars going past with shaven headed bull neck American gentlemen and extremely attractive young ladies and I thought, how does one get to that sort of situation? Years later, I thought, how would one get to that situation? You know, a daydreaming young man looking forward to going out with a stunningly attractive young lady. The only way I could think of would be become a gigolo. So I started writing a short short story about a a gentleman who has that in mind. Uh, The the story's got a couple of interesting twists in it. You read it, you find out for yourself.
1: I'm looking forward to that, and I love the south of France, that whole sort of coastline and, and the ambience out there. And indeed, in Nice, I did have an experience of wandering um, later into the evening down the seafront. And I actually saw people going about the the business of prostitution, Uh Um, all different uh, types of people. And it was quite an eye-opener just Short of the town centre Jenny,
2: I have to jump in here As a <laughs> gigolo, I am most certainly not a male prostitute <laughs> I
1: Do you have standards
2: I, uh, Well, I was actually in the south of France uh, At the age of 18 I met a young lady called Silette Silette Smadja from North Africa and her mother was a dressmaker So in my story, um, I approach Celeste and I say, would your mother make a couple of suits of clothes for me? I've had a shave. I've had a shower. I've had a haircut. I look pretty cool. So Mama makes me a couple of white suits and black shirts and white ties. Ah. And I present myself in the uh, reception area of the Martinez Hotel, which is a five star hotel with my white suit, my black shirt, my white tie and my long slim cheroot and I wait for a middle aged American matron to accost me which eventually happens Uh, she takes me to her, not room, but her suite and she's satisfied we remain an item for some six months during which time she buys me some diamond studded cufflinks uh, and also a diamond studded tie pin at the end of six months a friend of mine says you could do a lot better than this so uh, we agreed to part amicably I put on my white suit, my black shirt my white tie, my long thin cheroot and go back to the martinez hotel where i meet another american matron who this time gives me a monthly allowance and buys me an alfa romeo spider
1: now, a <laughs>
2: now when i when i told when i told my wife all of this as a joke she went white And said to me, I'm not marrying a man who's got that sort of past. And I said, actually, darling, I was only
1: joking. I swear it. (laughs) But it's now all in a book. And now
2: it's all in a book. Except that it is fantasy.
1: It's wonderful, isn't it? What you can have in your imagination. And um, just being an author, you've got to specify details. So... Generally, in our imaginations, we float through some scenarios, but in order to be a successful author, you've got to dot the I's and cross the T's to make people really believe it.
2: Yes. And when you talk research these days, it's so easy just to go on Google, (coughs) log in, whatever you want, and find the answers. I mean, I wanted to find some answers to a gentleman called Archie Clement. It was a five-foot-high year 5 foot high thug who rode with, uh, with Jesse James and the James Gang. And he and bloody Bill Morris, who had 24 notches on a piece of rope representing the 24 people that he'd killed. Archie Clement's unique selling point was that he scalped people, sometimes while they were still alive. And I thought, there's a short story here. So, uh, In His Own Image became a short story, which is also in Ambishigelo. Um,
1: hmm. <laughs> so yes, my goodness, 24 notches on a on a piece of rope for for killing. One for each
2: and uh, each uh, poor uh,
1: person had a very short story.
2: Well, yeah, Morrison was only 24 at the time. I mean, they really were, thugs. they would ride into town, shoot up the place, rob the banks. The intriguing thing is that Archie Clement would cross himself and say a prayer to God to look after him while he went in shooting at innocent people. Quite extraordinary characters.
1: Very extraordinary. It's a bit like when you um, you watch any gangster movie, the the Cray brothers, mm. uh, they're very rich and flavoured, and you you just think, my goodness, what goes on in somebody's head to have the strange quirks that they can be a killer and they can also be a very uh, love loving mummy's boy, you know? It's uh,
0: it, I, I, I can't work out the psychology reed.
2: of that, but the, the craze <laughs> is an interesting item because it gave rise to another short story. Um, I'm a contract killer. I was In the days before Sat Nav, I was driving in Essex and I was looking for West Thurrock, couldn't find it, in a little village. Uh, I pulled up, old boy on the other side of the road, wandering along, tatty old coat. I wound the window down, excuse me... Uh, which way's is west, though? Going the wrong way, mate. You need to turn around. I'm going that way. Let me hop in. And I thought, well, I, I never give lifts to anyone. You, you just never know. But I thought, come on. He's an old boy. He's not a contract killer. So I turned the car around and he hopped in. And he was quite talkative, quite chatty. Oh, it's all changed around here. It's not like it used to be. So I thought, well, I think, you know, areas change, areas change. Then he said to me, I've been away, you know. Thought, oh, dear. <laughs> I've heard that terminology before. But no, don't be silly. You know, he's not a contract killer, for goodness sake. Then we drove on a bit further, and he said to me, I've been away for 10 years, you know. Oh, dear. Oh, no, he's been in Australia. Uh, he's, em- he's emigrated, and he's come back to his hometown. Then he leaned towards me quietly and said, I've done it, you know. I've done it for the craze. I don't believe it. I'm sitting next to a contract killer. Anyway, uh, I went ice cold. I thought, well, he's not going to kill you, Siegel. Don't be stupid. I drove on until I knew where I was. I said, I'm okay now. All right, mate, pull over. I pulled over. He climbed out. All right, mate, thanks for the lift. Drive safely. Drive safely from a contract killer. What more could I ask? There we go. That gave rise for a short story.
1: (laughs) Imagine it did. But this is the thing in life, you never know who you're going to meet and what circumstances you're going to be in. And and everybody has at least got a short story, if not a book in them.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Very often the book is based on people's own lives. So I mean when I wrote the line Regis murders, my first attempt at a crime thriller. I thought, who's my heroine going to or hero going to be? I thought, no, let's have a female for a change. Women are so much more, so much better balanced than men. Um, My first wife was from Trinidad. Her father was an architect, so I thought that's a good starting point. So my heroine, Tammy Pierre, father from Trinidad, architect, mother uh, from a banking family in Paris, has died of. Breast cancer 10 years ago. And my Tammy is a real human being. She's six foot tall. She's formidable. She snorts cocaine. uh, She drinks uh, too much vodka. She smokes Panatella. She's bisexual. I mean, what more could you want from a nice young lady? And she's a private investigator. And Uh, as
1: you showed me, she's got an awesome plate on the car as well. Yeah, that's right. Mm,
2: t 4 ny Tammy. (laughs) That's
1: another one that I should pick up and have a jolly good read with, because they they do sound full-flavoured stories.
2: They are. Uh, the library just uh, each one of the books that I've written I've tried to latch onto a theme in the wild a lion that takes a new mate will very often kill the existing young because they're not his he's not prepared to bring up someone else's children as it were in human life how often have we read of a man who kills who murders his stepchildren it's quite, quite chilling I just thought there's a theme there for a book hence The Lime regis murders. The follow-up, which I've already written, and which has been edited, but not yet ready for publication. The black candle killings. We're going back to my first wife's roots. Trinidad, Voodoo, Obia. Uh, I found some amazing things out about some church people who feel that we should make links with people who believe in voodoo because there are ties there my goodness gracious me one of the earlier archbishops of canterbury said we really need to look into this well fair enough keep an open mind if you want to so the black candle killings is based on that theme and the next one along is going to be on the theme of political extremism extreme right or extreme left so i'm working on that one at the moment
1: so with the voices that you use, do they just come or do you practice certain styles of voices um, for enjoyment?
2: No, I'm, there is something of the budget regard in me, I feel, so I can put on these voices <laughs> whenever I choose. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't practice any of it.
1: So your family at home must be most intrigued with you, this uh, very, very uh, d- diverse head of information because by day mm. you have a, a a very important job helping save people from insolvency that's right so when you um snap the file shut at 5 p.m. and then go into authoring weekend or yep. authoring evening yes. tell me is there a pattern of time for the writing do you suddenly write through the night like a crazed author with an idea a euphoria or how does the writing take place
2: Someone else asked me the same question, when do you write, when does an idea grab you? Uh, When you get a fluttering in the pit of your stomach, and you think, ah, this is gonna work. Roald Dahl uh, said that if he gets an idea and doesn't write it down immediately, it's gone. They're like little gifts, and I found the same thing. I mean, I've got a, actually, a terrible memory. Uh, my wife will tell you. She laments my memory, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, we can search and go back into whatever we've written anyway to remind ourselves of what, of what we've written if we forget. But uh, I write everything, Well, I don't write it down. I put it on my calendar, calendar Google, and I, I just write Tammy with my ideas for Tammy on a particular book. And I, if I just put search Tammy, then all the ideas pop up so I can uh, Re- recollect them that way
1: so if we're ne- networking on a zoom call and you've suddenly got your head down as opposed to your eyes forward i'll know that you're just no no, I through. no no ideas that,
2: that would be a bit cheeky no 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 you i think you do you treat people with respect if you're on a zoom call then you're on a zoom call <laughs> one thing at a time but, that's but a you when can write way.
1: a name I'm, i mean i i often sit there when i'm Um, uh, doing anything. And if something comes in as an alert to me, I will just scribble a name down or just something that will nudge me for later in the day to go back to that thought process. I I keep a,
2: a notepad with me all the time. If I wake up at two in the morning and get an idea, I'll scribble it down on the notepad. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: dutifully, I can see that notepad and pen now. You've got, you're clutching it. That's right. Just in case but, an idea comes.
2: Well, sort of. <laughs> in case, I've written down the titles of all of these short stories in Gigolo, because I can never, I can't learn by rote. I can't reel them off. Um, you know, I've written children's books in verse. Um Clarissa the Clown, Majesty the Magician, Toby the Toymaker, Ivan the Inventor, Stephen the Statue, Papa the puppet maker none of which have yet seen the light of day, but three of them, uh, Clarissa, Majesty, and Roberto, uh, you can see them on Village Folk Books. I think if people Google my name, the, the, the titles pop up as well. Three of them illustrated, not yet published. It's, the, the children's market is a very, very oversubscribed market. It's um, very hard to get into, so we're not uh, clear out, Newton and myself. Happy London Press. We're not concentrating on the children's stuff at the moment; just the uh, the, the the adult stuff, as it were.
1: Oh, it's just amazing. As I said uh, at the start, that you you think that you you surmise you know the parameters of somebody, and then somebody comes out with uh, the the fact that they're a marathon runner, triathlon no. person, or no. they they write a book, and then you just uh, you know, revisit the fact that you don't always know everything about um, everybody. That's right. So I presume you're going to be continuing to write prolifically as the ideas come to you?
2: As long as the ideas are there. I think there are lots of professional authors who just are flooded with ideas the whole time. You can think of lots of people who write series of books. Um, I wait for the ideas to occur. I don't sit down thinking, "Now, what can I possibly come up with now? If it's not there, it's not there. I think many authors, those who get blocked... Uh, really worry. Um, you know, they say that Prince may have taken his own life because he'd run out of ideas. Well, if he'd stuck around long enough, I, other ideas would almost certainly have popped up anyway. They do. They do.
1: I think it's easier when you're at the uh, the, the, the start of your trade because the pressure's not on you. But if you are yes. a an, an author, author, an Anthony uh, Horowitz, or yes, a, yes. A, a Terry Pratchett, yeah, yeah, or... Yeah. Um, uh, you've written something like the the, the whole Harry Potter series, series J.K. Yeah, Rowling. Yeah, yeah. then people are automatically uh, looking at when you're going to bring the next one out, yes. what's the next idea, yes. and they expect it to be as awesome as the last. Yeah. And then there's the presumption as well, you're going to stay with the same sort of story and they could be disappointed if you go down a different track. So the a lot problem, more pressure. I think
2: with lots of best-selling first-time authors, they fizzle out, because, not because too much is expected of them, but because they haven't got the time. I mean, I think of the amount of time that Claire occupies me, asking for all sorts of blogs. It's very time-consuming. If you've written a bestseller, and you're going around the country signing books and all the rest of it, and they're saying, where's your next one coming from... So I determined that before submitting my short stories to... In fact, the, the, sh- the short stories were first published by uh, an Irish firm. And I didn't send them my first 10 until I had 20, because I thought if they liked them, I've got to have a follow-up ready. I can't sit down thinking, I've got to produce something now. Well, I've actually got 40 short stories, and I'm a sure is the first book. We have already, already have a title for the second book, which will be uh, I'm a Contract Killer. And the third book will probably be Minor Aberrations, Uh, which is the title of one of the short stories and probably summarizes my short stories. And the the last one will be Promenade of Mirrors, which is probably the title I like best of all. But four books of ten, so I've already got the first published. Three lots of ten already to come out, maybe in six months and nine months and whatever else along the way. And the follow-up to uh, The Lime Regis Murders. So thinking ahead
1: splendid because otherwise as you say you write something and then somebody immediately wants the next one because right. they loved your style Yep, um and and then it's very difficult because you have a life to live you've got a family that's right uh you've got a serious business as well so sure um yeah we can't have you up all night writing as well my goodness <laughs> that would just be exhausting so do you have time for any hobbies uh, apart from the, the writing which is a, a business? The
2: usual stuff eating out, which is very nice when we when, you know when we carry uh, when we can again G- going for walks uh, we lo- live opposite uh, Bushy Park, so maybe three times a week I'll do a four mile walk, which is a particular route that I take. It's not that far, but having got totally out of condition. Uh, I did the first four-mile walk and sort of crawled up to the front door. The wife gave me a couple of horlicks, uh, aspirins, <laughs> and put me to bed. But I can do it now in the hour. Um, so, yeah, walking, eating out, writing, reading. I read a lot. You know, I've got 300 books on my Kindle, um, all, sorts of, all sorts of genres, from Dickens to uh, Belinda Bauer, who wrote, writes a terrific um, crime thriller. She's won all sorts of prizes. Uh, Ruth Rendell who's written, um, you know, uh, Inspector Wexford. uh, And she writes as Barbara Vine, psychological thrillers. I've actually gone forever. Dozens of authors that I like. Those are the hobbies.
1: Uh, Well, it's just amazing to have spent the time talking to you today and I'm really looking forward to the the I'm a Gigolo book and the cover just looks outstanding. It's a superb jump inside because you look at the cover and you immediately want to know what's going on with the character on the front there. So um, I will look forward to gathering the book. I might get it on Kindle because you've said you can gather on Kindle. Yes, you can do. And I know that through looking... up yourself through name i can then go through all of your content and decide what i want to follow so okay. andrew siegel thank you so much it's
2: been my pleasure
0: to this week's episode of the weekly experience for more episodes you can find us on apple Podcasts and podbean and remember to subscribe to stay fully up to date so look out for our next podcast and do check our new website buzzpodcasts.co.uk